1: You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe.
0: Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Chelsea and I am the cute one.
1: And I am Donnie and I am the cute one. We're
0: here today to have a holly jolly Christmas indeed. An uplifting, hilarious comedy that's really going to get you in the Christmas spirit. (laughs) The Family Stone.
1: Just a giggle fest all around.
0: (laughs) Just laughing from start to finish. I fucking love this movie. Me too. I ugly cry every time, but I love it.
1: And what I like about it is different parts of it make me ugly cry every watch. Mm. And I also really appreciate you in my life, Psych, because, (laughs) because as the cuties may or may not know, this is like the end of a two week stretch of me working like 10 hours days at the job where I am a game show host all day. It really is the most exhausted I've ever been in my entire life. And I do know we in our friend group have a friend who just gave birth. <laughs> and the baby is not going to sleep at night. Uh-huh. And she's awake all night. Mm-hmm. So I understand like my most tired in my life is not somebody else's. Mm-hmm. But this is the most tired I've ever been in my entire life. Sure. <laughs> um, so to schedule in watching this, I had to wake up at 530 AM this morning. Uh, it hits different at 6 o'clock in the morning. I was sobbing by eight. Well,
0: it's always nice to start out the day with a nice yeah. release. Some people like to jerk off and others like to weep. Well, I'm glad, Don't. No,
1: I'm glad you brought that up because, <laughs> because as soon as I finished the movie, I did do that. And then I was like, am I doing it because of the movie? I was like, no, I'm doing it because it's the morning and I didn't do it yet. But the timing was a little weird, even for me. So, Diane Keaton, if you're listening, thank you. That
0: turtleneck really (laughs) spoke to Donnie.
1: And when I did it, the first thing I thought of after I finished was... Me? Yeah. No. Because I was like, should I tell this on the podcast? I was like, no, I'm not going to. But then when you brought up jerking off, it was like, God's on our side.
0: (laughs) It's that (laughs) fucked up E.T. Elliot connection once again. A shiver went down my spine, and I just knew I needed to say it out loud. E.T. Phone. Home. (laughs) Well, we're not here today to cover E.T. or hopefully to hear any more about Donnie's masturbation habits. We are here, in fact to cover the family stone. I watched this movie for the first time immediately after my grandpa died of cancer. Mm -hmm. My dad was trying to do something nice. It was our first Christmas after my grandfather's passing. This isn't Pepe. This is my other grandfather. He was like, hey, this new movie, this new comedy with Diane Keaton came out. Why don't we watch it? So Mm. me, my brother, my mom, And my grandma all sat down to watch this hilarious new rom-com that came out. And about halfway through, my dad realized what was happening. And it was too late. The train had left the station. The tears were flowing. The ugly crying was happening. And to this day, still one of everybody's favorite Christmas movies. So I think it really speaks to just the general vibe of my family and how we process our
1: emotions. Well, it wasn't any of your fault, first of all. This was not advertised the way it was. So that's number one. Number two. The Christmas after my grandfather died, I made my grandma watch Bird Box with Sandra Bullock. So I, th- I think somehow you win.
0: No. So this movie came out on December 16th, 2005. Run it. Laffy Taffy, Gold Digger, and look at this photograph (laughs) were all at the top of the music charts. And then the box office hits, we had number one, King Kong. Number two, Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe. Number three, this movie. The week that this movie came out, Deal or No Deal premiered.
1: Wow. Yeah. Meghan Markle star. I
0: feel like I like this movie... And maybe it's because my family could be the subject of a PhD level course on complicated family dynamics. Uh I love hearing about other people's families. It's truly like the most interesting topic for me. I have to stop myself from becoming like full on Diane Sawyer when I get to know somebody and being like, when did you first know you hated your sister? You know, (laughs) like, I just want to know all the details. So this is the movie equivalent of that, because I feel like they do such a brilliant job of capturing all of the different nuanced family dynamics within the Stone family. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Also, that was a terrible Diane Sawyer impression. I think it was a Barbara Walters impression, but you said Diane Sawyer. That's okay. Either way, it sucked.
0: Wait, who's the old one? Bob Walters. Oh, her. yeah, I was thinking of her. Diane
1: Sawyer's the one that, like, terrorized Britney.
0: Remember? Mm. Yeah, if I was doing a Diane Sawyer impression, it would be like, you whore, how dare you be a woman with a body? How dare you? Ew, <laughs> yuck. Team men, always. Now,
1: that was great. Thank you. But you and I have discussed in length about how our families are similar with, like, bonding styles being at someone else's expense, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. So... For me, I think. Uh, how open can I be with my words?
0: Ooh. Spill it all. Oh. Nobody in
1: my family listens, so I can Your say. Your mom what I hasn't want.
0: figured out how to watch a podcast quite this
1: yet. This will be the day she <laughs> figures it out. For me, I like this movie because I do relate to the family dynamics, kind of, but like this one seems more. This would be like if someone took my family and made a movie of it and glamorized it. Like, Mm -hmm. this is a family I want to be a part of. I wouldn't watch a movie of how my family treats each other and want to be a part of that. Okay. The difference is, in my family, they all attack each other, whereas this family does a little bit but not really like they pick someone on the outside and all attack where my family is very welcoming to outside people mm. and we all come for each other.
0: Oh, no wonder you like Big Brother. Every time you <laughs> speak it just makes more and more sense to me. I always say that my family it would make an amazing dark comedy on HBO. Mm. My specific like nuclear family probably one of the more boring Units Mm. of the larger family, which that speaks for itself as I sit here in heart glasses in my basement that I would be like a secondary character. You probably wouldn't meet until like season three or four. But the extended family, certainly. And if we went back in time to like when Pepe was raising Mm -hmm. kids. Oh, like, oh, ooh, HBO. (laughs) Please call me.
1: This can be on the Patreon if it needs to, but I must remind the cuties. The first time I met your mother, Chelsea, she said, everyone in our family has a name that starts with D. You fit better in the family than Chelsea does. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: so- <laughs> she sure did.
1: <laughs> so for that to be what you are advertising as the normal part of the family tree mm-hmm. is really something. Yep.
0: yep. Oh. I haven't even... I'm sorry, cuties. This is going to be another teaser because I do think I'm saving this story for the live show, Mm. even though I know that my mom, my grandmother, will be in attendance. And this was told in confidence while she was brown out drunk. But I still have new details that have emerged about my uncle who died via Hitman. Mm. Go back to our Home for the Holidays episode to hear what I thought was the true story. Uh, New details have come to light that I will be sharing that would definitely be an HBO season one Mm. finale type of episode.
1: Oh, wow. Now, what if we do a live show in New York? Your grandma won't come to that, will she? I
0: told you. This blind confidence doesn't come from nowhere. We had like 40 family members come for my 21st birthday, and that was just me aging a year. So for our live show, I mean, we might have to book a bigger venue because... My family travels. Well, why
1: don't we do two is what I'm saying. We'll do a New York one and one near you. And then the one near you is when you won't tell this story. The one
0: near me will just be the adult equivalent of us choreographing a dance at a family barbecue. Because it'll just (laughs) be us performing to my family. Anything else you want to add on this part? No, that's it. Okay.
1: Oh, no, I lied to you. Oh, Uh, okay. I don't know if it fits in. Well, just
0: go there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that um, now is the time we're going to work on smooth segues. <laughs>
1: my sister is engaged to be married in June, 2024. And what I like about someone new joining the family Mm -hmm. is that I am now able to like talk shit about people openly in front of them because I'm telling my sister's fiance, like everything he needs to know about the family. So I'm like, Oh, this is how my dad treated me until I was 16. Oh, these are the things my aunt used to say about me when I was growing up. Oh, this is the way this happened. And everyone like, laughs and says oh ha 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 but really it's just me writing a diary out loud
0: it's you with a little notebook (laughs) i love Mm -hmm. that so if today's episode makes you laugh or scream or makes you feel like you're on a family vacation you can't (laughs) escape please do us a favor and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can leave a review on Spotify. You just have to be following the show first. So a five-star review is the easiest way to help us grow our audience and this community. And we'll hopefully get Donnie away from those 18-hour work days. Save me. Do you have any background info or trivia for us today?
1: I do. So I brought a little Christmas treat. I never tell you who it's produced by, but since the movie started with a Michael London production, I felt like I needed to look into it. And he also produced 13, which is on our list for 2024. So that's exciting. And then you don't know that this is on our list for 2024, but it is. It's written and directed by Thomas Bazucha, who also wrote and directed Monte Carlo. Are you familiar? I have
0: never heard of that movie in my life. Oh, it
1: is so fun. It's about these three girls that go to, you guessed it, Monte Carlo. And then Selena Gomez has a identical stranger who's a princess and they switch bodies.
0: Okay, I'm (laughs) into it. It's like the princess switch. Oh, it is. Meets spring breakers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, except it's PG, which I hate. Oh, I hate
0: that. is it a musical? No. Okay, you know what? Fine. From now on, <laughs> if you just lead with this movie you didn't know was on our list, not a musical. You know what? Fine. Sure. Okay,
1: great. Perfect. That's a great rule. The budget. It cost 18 million dollars to make and it made 93 million worldwide. Whoa. All right. So Roger Ebert gave it three out of four stars and said the family stone finds a winding path between happy and sad secrets to that moment when we realize that the family stone will always think of this fateful Christmas with a smile and a tear. What else do you want? If it's a lot, rent Junebug instead.
0: (laughs) That man, why does he go out of his way to drag somebody or something into it that doesn't need to be a part of it?
1: I don't know. But I did look Junebug up to see, because if it was like a mobster movie that had nothing to do with that, then I would say like, Raj, what are you doing? But it is a movie with a very similar plot, except that one takes place in the South. So they're all like,
0: get her out of here. Oh, it's just Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah,
1: this is more aspirational.
0: shout out to our southern cuties love you like a sister yeehaw
1: okay there's only one tagline for this movie i hate it feel the love
0: ew (laughs) Uh. that's probably
1: why i jerked off after
0: you're like well don't mind if i do that makes me actually i'm angry I'm about to drag Junebug into this for no reason. What the fuck? That has nothing to do with the premise of the movie at all.
1: None. None.
0: Ugh. I hate hate it. it. Anyway.
1: This is really cool. The director put the nine actors that played the family Stone themselves through several weeks of rehearsal before they brought in Claire Danes and Sarah Jessica Parker so that they would have a closer connection. That's
0: a genius move.
1: And then a little casting tea. Billy Crudup... You probably would know him if you saw him. And Aaron Eckhart were both cast as Everett, but had to drop out. And in a very strange casting universe, Johnny Knoxville was originally cast as Ben, but he had to drop out for scheduling conflicts. I don't know what. Jackass,
0: probably. Probably he had
1: to shit in his mom's pillowcase (laughs) and didn't have time for both. He had to smell
0: his own farts until he (laughs) threw up. Okay, this is another test of our Venn diagram of men we find attractive, which is just two single circles. Johnny Knoxville. Ooh, the things I would let that man do to me.
1: Ew! I would let,
0: no, I wouldn't let him shit into my pillow. Oh, but the no. the sexual version of that, certainly. You don't think he's hot? Oh, my God. Especially now. Oh, now! Yeah, Silver Fox and sober. ooh wee! No. If Tom Hamlet's listening to this, he agrees
1: with Well, you. you're both wrong. I don't know what... <laughs> now? Tom Hamlet agrees now?
0: Yes. He's so no.
1: hot. He looks like a janitor that would, like, finger you in the rectory.
0: And what's wrong with that?
1: (laughs) Oh, God. No, thank you.
0: So what character, if any, do you identify as in this movie?
1: You're going to push back and so are the cuties. But I know myself better than you know me. So I'm here to tell you, I am the father in real life, in a family dynamic. He is just as messy and opinionated as everyone else, but he keeps it quiet to keep the peace. This is my safe space. The podcast, even though it goes out to however many listeners, Mm -hmm. it is my diary. So I am free to be who I really am inside. But when I know people are like judging me and the things I say and ranking if I'm a good person or not, then I have to keep it locked up until I'm in my safe space, which you are all my family stuff cuties. So that's why I'm telling you, you're all my Diane Keaton. And and you are allowed to know how I feel about Meredith, aka women with short haircuts.
0: Okay. When you explain it, I can understand that. (laughs) And you? Well, every time I watch this movie with my family, which is every year, my family members turn at various points in various scenes and say, oh my god, so you. Whenever... Amy. I already know. I knew it. (laughs) Whenever Amy is on the screen. So I guess that's who I am in my family. There are two scenes specifically that my dad, every year without fail, oh my God, Chelsea, did they have a camera in our house to base this character off of you? Oh, there she is. There are two scenes. Can you guess what those two scenes are?
1: One is... Of course you do.
0: Mm -hmm. The coffee cup scene. Uh Uh-huh.
1: And the other one is... Is it charades?
0: It's not charades. (laughs) The other one um, is actually, I think, perhaps the most insulting scene that could be compared to me. But when she shows up to the house, disheveled, dropping shit in the snow, (laughs) in her beat-up car, my dad's just like, "Oh, there you are, Chels. Like, cool. Love you, Dad. So, anywho... Now I'm going to kick it to a cutie to give us a one minute synopsis of this fine movie. Take it away. Okay, so Carrie
1: Bradshaw is coming to her boyfriend's Christmas to meet his family for the first time, but they all immediately hate her because she's uptight and needs a cough drop. Oh, and maybe a little racist and homophobic. So meanwhile, her boyfriend Everett is trying to get them to love her and planning to propose, but simultaneously having a flirtation ship with her sister. But that's okay because she's getting drunk and doing the same with his brother. So they sibling swap, which makes Diane Keaton happy, which is good because she's dying of cancer. Movie ends with a time hop to next Christmas where everyone is living happily Ever
0: after, except the mom that is. Let's jump in. So, this Holly Jolly film opens with all the staples of a Hallmark movie. We've got the busy businesswoman with a slicked back bun, <laughs> Meredith, doing her busy businesswoman work, talking on her busy businesswoman phone, instead of Christmas shopping with her holiday hunk, Everett. Looks like she's got some learning to do and some Christmas spirit to find. Okay,
1: a few things right off the bat. Mm -hmm. Number one, when Meredith tells the woman that she needs to work on the holiday, I had flashbacks to when I worked at Gum Shrimp Company because the general manager was very much like this. Like, she would shame people for requesting off during the holidays, mm. she would say like, "What do you need a week off during Christmas for?" Well, that's the answer. You just <laughs> you just answered Christmas. it, babe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they were like, "My family lives on the other side of the country," and she would literally say, "Well, you live in New York." <gasps> oh my god, yeah, a demon of a wow. woman. I don't know if she listens, but shout
0: out. <laughs> well, she deserves to hear it. True.
1: She also now that I'm just putting your business in the street. Mm-hmm. When we went to see Kardashian's, we fraternized. Is that what it's called? We fraternitized. I think you were
0: right the first time,
1: but... (laughs) We committed fraternization, and we went to see Kat Dashi and the musical and then we went to a restaurant after and she skipped out on the bill <gasps> the manager of Bubba C- Trim Company well
0: you should have said hey maybe you should pick up some holiday shifts if you're lacking <laughs> money <laughs> your family might be in California but the bill is sitting right here on this table bitch
1: you're absolutely right I should have she went to the bathroom and never came back
0: <laughs> like what you're hearing head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more
1: There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes.
0: That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there.
1: Now, back to the movie. I do have something else to say about this scene. Is her being on the phone while he shops for people she never met a big deal?
0: I don't think it's a big deal, except that you can tell this is not out of the norm like she is somebody who's constantly on the phone yeah i would have been fine with it because don't make me responsible for buying your family gifts that's your job Mm -hmm. but where she lost me was when he was buying something for amy she then at the checkout counter comes up and is like oh no no not that one the red one and like corrects him and that's where it's like okay bitch, you either need to put the phone down and help me or accept my choices
1: Okay, that makes sense. I get it.
0: I think we were just meant to see that she had her priorities all wrong with that work-life balance.
1: If you say so.
0: Coming from Donnie, who can barely open his eyes. But maybe Meredith should have been spending less time matching her shoes to her blazers and more time preparing to survive the disaster movie she signed up for, because she and Everett are headed home for the holidays to meet his entire family. Meredith says she's not nervous, but her Professor Umbridge adjacent throat clearing (laughs) says otherwise. (coughs) Do you have a nervous tick? Like, do you have a towel like that? Well,
1: besides chewing fake gum. But
0: that's not a nervous tic. That's like a confident tic. Like, when you're really feeling yourself, that's when you're going to get to chewing No, gum. it's
1: the opposite. You think? Yeah, when I'm not feeling confident, it makes me feel confident. Like, what would a sassy bitch be doing right now? Chewing gum. But
0: the only time you fake chew gum on our podcast has been when you've been, like, wearing a beanie and, like, staring at yourself, making kissy <laughs> faces. It's a multi-purpose tick. Mm. If you're not feeling confident, it brings you up. And if you're already feeling confident, it just blows the top to off. Yeah. <laughs> So soon we're introduced to Meredith's tormentors. We have the resident older sister, Susanna, and her kids. Ben, played by mega hottie and my number one crush, <laughs> Luke Wilson. Thad, the family's diversity hire. Then we have... <laughs> you can't say I can't say it. That. I don't think so. Okay, let's put it this way. If it was a college brochure, Thad mm-hmm. and his husband, Patrick, would be randomly selected to be on the cover of it. Okay, They're bringing the only diversity in this whole town. town. (laughs) In the whole town. (laughs) Literally any of it. They're like, these two people, we've got us covered. Let's just draw Mm -hmm. a circle and call it a day.
1: Yeah, if they got in a car accident on the way here, (laughs) we we would have no diversity at all. None. Then
0: we've got the dad, Kelly, played by the grandpa from Parenthood. Amy, the family bitch, apparently directly inspired by moi, and then Diane Keaton, at her most Diane Keaton, the turtleneck-wearing, love-smothering, ferociously territorial matriarch who is secretly dying. Now, if this was a Housewives franchise and we had to pick a team and spend our time fighting to the death in the Instagram comment section every week, which team would you be on? Team family or team Meredith?
1: God and see this is why I'm a bad Bravo fan because I'm just more elevated than everybody else and I can see the nuance in it everyone in this movie is horrible in different ways Mm -hmm. so like Meredith I think has a horrible soul Uh and she's against everything I'm for Mm -hmm. and like she doesn't pick up on social cues she doesn't care what your views are on Uh it she thinks hers are more important. Just a terrible soul, but the family goes out of their way to make people feel like they are not a part of this unit, and mm. I hate when people are actively clicky. Like there are people that are not going to fit into your little family and that's okay. They already lost. You don't need to then punch down and make them say like, you're not one of us. You're not one of us. Mm. She knows it already. So you're team <laughs> Meredith. No, because she's a horrible soul. I'm not team anybody. Okay,
0: so if you're going to take the easy way out and not pick I'm going to do the same and I'm going to say I am team anti Everett okay. because I I feel like he, in the scope of all of the shit that goes down this movie, he is to blame because he did not prepare her whatsoever. He did not support her at all. He didn't say, hey, they're going to hug you. Don't go in for the handshake. Hey, don't wear a pencil skirt. He didn't include her in the family picture right away. They pull Mm -hmm. up and he's like, we better go. They're all watching you. It's like he actively sabotages Her interactions, which I think speaks to like the fact that maybe he was sabotaging himself in a way. But I think he is to blame for most of how bad all of this goes down. Yes,
1: I agree. He's one of the worst ones in the movie for sure. So
0: Amy warns the family that she briefly met Meredith and that she's an uptight (laughs) motormouth. And while the family initially writes it off because Amy hates everybody, Meredith soon proves to be everything Amy said and more mm. she talks to thad like he doesn't understand language <laughs> she utilizes microaggressions in charades drinks the last cup of coffee and refuses to sleep in the same bed as everett causing amy to have to sleep on the couch and effectively just ordering a hit out on herself but it's fine <laughs> mary doesn't care whether they like her or not except oh of course she does <laughs> Uh, And that's where, I can't deny, I love this power play. And maybe I am Amy, after all, because it's just iconic. It
1: is iconic, but I just hate everyone in this movie. But I still love the movie. Um, Maybe I am Team Meredith. I don't want to be. But she did not point at Thad's husband. She points at somebody else first and then just doesn't take her finger down. I watched very carefully this time.
0: Her whole persona is very rigid. Like, she would be somebody that would hold a pointer finger for an extended period of time because you're like, are you part robot? What's happening? Do you have rigamortis? Are you a corpse?
1: (laughs) And that is why Amy is a demon because Meredith will already bury herself. She brought her own shovel. She can do it on her own. She is not equipped to be here with this family. You do not need to grasp for straws.
0: And weaponize something that could be potentially triggering to an actual human being. The only person of color, as we've said, in the entire town
1: yeah Mm -hmm. so
0: in order to prove how welcoming and accepting you are let's make this Uh man feel really uncomfortable yep love that that was the scene you thought I was (laughs) (laughs) okay moving on So this is a holiday movie, after all, so everyone is learning a little bit about themselves and each other. Everett learns that he will not be given his grandmother's ring to propose. Everyone learns that Sybil is dying. And Meredith learns that Amy's high school boyfriend, Brad, popped her cherry, (laughs) and that Everett hides his childhood trophies in his underwear drawer. Which is
1: odd to me, but that's okay. I had my own proverbial trophies hidden in the underwear drawer when i was with quinn because you have to like put your best face forward when you meet someone it's your job interview whatever so we met and we started dating and he like knew my personality he knew i liked broadway he knew whatever He didn't know that there were YouTube videos of me recreating, like, dream girls with my five-year-old sister. So (laughs) after a while, then I finally sat him down and said, there's something you have to see.
0: (laughs) I have follow-up questions because I want to know specifically your editing process. Give me some more examples of the things that you deemed interview Donnie worthy and secret Donnie worthy. Well, I
1: feel like the podcast and my Instagram presence is the same way. Like I am a lot more unhinged now than I was when we first did our first live or even when I first like decided I was a public figure on Instagram. When I first came onto the scene, I wasn't talking about like everything I hate and everything I have put up my butt and now the world is my oyster which I've never put one up my butt before
0: (laughs) time is money and money is young and then what am I trying to say (laughs) The night is young. Yeah. But you know what? Same with me. You've made me a monster. The fact that people were sending me that meme about Heat Miser getting his cornhole licked or whatever, <laughs> like as you have blossomed, you've dragged me to hell right down with you. Okay, but give one more hobby that you did share with In the beginning,
1: I feel like I was pretty well. Okay, now we're gonna get deep for a second. You pushed, and now I'm opening up. There is like some self hate about how flamboyant I am. Mm. So I think in the beginning, I like hid maybe that I love high school musical or hid that. I don't know. High School Musical is the only thing I can think of because it is a passion. <laughs> but I know that wasn't first date behavior. Like first date behavior, we went to a bar where like old music videos were on the screen. So yeah. like he talked about his love of Aaliyah. Oh. I talked about my love of Beyonce. That's fine. That's first date That's stuff. Cute. Then... We're
0: all in this Yeah, that came together. out eventually. Yeah. yeah. I hate that I know that song. <laughs> So I'm not glad for the reasoning. Number one, thank you for sharing that with us. But okay. I'm not glad for the reasoning. But I am glad that that was a piece you chose to hide. And I'm glad that that was the example you used because I didn't want to specifically ask when High School Musical came about <laughs> in the relationship. But that was the one I was fishing for. So I did fish my wish. Thank you. you. <laughs> I get it. So Meredith starts worrying that Everett is beginning to look at her like they do. So she decides to move out of Amy's room and stay at the local inn instead. This is the thing I forgot until I rewatched this movie that Patrick and Thad are also staying at this inn. Mm. Why the fuck wasn't this always the plan? Again, I blame Everett. He set her up for failure. If staying at the inn is allowed by this family, like, I could understand if Diane Keaton was like, no, we all sleep on futons and we're all under the same roof. But it's been established that staying at the inn is an option. So why wasn't that just always the plan?
1: Right. And he should have warned her that we will be in the same room together because that is when it all fell apart. So... He knew what living situations would be. It should have been presented. And then, wasn't she at the inn by herself?
0: Yeah, he didn't move out with her. Yeah,
1: no. Disgusting.
0: Boo. Boo, Everett. Boo. (laughs) Now, boo Everett. And I have given him a lot of shit so far. But he isn't the only inconsiderate planner of this couple. Because it's Seinfeld. Everybody's terrible and everybody gets a turn. (laughs) Meredith, she calls her sister Julie to come into town for backup on Christmas Day, this bitch didn't even pick her up from the bus stop. I know.
1: Nor this is Christmas Day. So, like, this is someone that won't be getting gifts from anyone. This is someone that's coming empty-handed. This is someone that wasn't considered when the menu was being planned. This is
0: someone who took a bus, presumably overnight, to get picked up by your sister's boyfriend who you've never met. Uh Now, luckily... This sister's boyfriend that you've never met, you immediately want to fuck because <laughs> sparks fly when Julie and Everett meet. And soon, much to Meredith's horror, everyone, even megabitch Amy, is just smitten with Claire Danes.
1: I wouldn't date either of them. Claire Danes is a hard sell for me. I don't love Romeo and Juliet because she's Juliet. However, we'll take the actress out of it and do okay. it solely on the script. Let me close my eyes and read the screenplay in front of me. Uh-huh. That story about the man with the hole in his heart sounded painfully <laughs> boring. Yeah.
0: I want to know what their parents are like to produce two sisters like that. Yes. I don't see any through lines or even any indication, and we'll get into it, that either of them have a sister bond that is worth calling somebody into town for.
1: Right. There's a disconnect here. Because
0: Claire Danes, okay, great, you got on the bus, you did the thing, but what the fuck did you do when you got here? You would
1: have been more help on the phone, I think.
0: Yeah. Like, text me. Uh Uh-huh. my God. Now, if anybody in the family, though, was on the fence about which sister they like better, Meredith proves right away that she is still the supreme asshole of the universe when... In one of the uh, most uncomfortable, but whole clenching scenes in cinematic history, she delivers a homophobic TED Talk at the dinner table about what a challenge it must be for Sybil and Kelly to have a gay son and how she bets they wish Thad was normal. Mm. I can like barely get through this scene.
1: This is a scene that always makes me cry. I... I'm going to cry talking about it? No. (laughs) This was a long day, Chelsea. Um, But... On a not cry way, this is also the scene I like to act out the most. I like to throw my silverware at Quinn sometimes and then do fake sign language. Now, that is problematic. I should just learn the sign language if I'm going to recreate this all the time. But I think that my sign language quota is already met with Misty Rain. Because you know I know that song, remember?
0: I sure do.
1: (laughs) However, before we move on, Chelsea, Mm -hmm. she is a problematic demon And she is wrong for Everett. He deserves better or at least different. But these people have been going out of their way to make her squirm since she arrived. And it's about time she did the same to them.
0: (gasps) Now this is the big brother in you talking. (laughs) Now it's time to lean into the villain. (laughs) And once again, if there is a Big Brother casting director listening to this, if you are a cutie, please cast Donnie. We already have a plan when he gets on Big Brother, which talk about a storyline, as he mentioned earlier. His sister is getting married this summer, so there will be drama and choices to be made, and we know what choice he will make. And also, we have a whole plan. Me and Kendrick will cover it on the Patreon. It's going to be really cute, so live, laugh, love. Hashtag Donnie for Big Brother. It I
1: happen. am the man of honor as well, if you're listening. So I would cut out of a wedding I'm the man of honor in to be on Big Brother. Think about it.
0: Please, ask for your seat. <laughs> so it is so after her westboro baptist church sermon meredith flees the scene of the crime steals everett's car and crashes into a tree and instead of her boyfriend or her fucking sister Mm. going out after her it's ben who (laughs) takes her to a bar and gives her some life-changing advice now cuties if you are someone with anxiety who has tried therapy medication or meditation I want you to listen closely to Ben's advice because it is going to cure you relax (laughs) my work here is done thank you namaste so while Meredith finally lets her hair down and lets her freak flag fly with Ben Everett and Julie the sister decide to spend their night flirting and falling in love instead of finding Meredith Mm. cool the next day Christmas morning That was great. Thank you. Kelly finds Meredith in Ben's bed. Old cherry popper Brad shows <clears> up and surprises Amy. And Sybil gives Everett his grandmother's ring after all, which he promptly puts on Julie's finger, where it gets stuck. What the <laughs> fuck?
1: I don't know. But I never got a ring stuck on my, I mean, I'm sure I have. I wear small accessories and have sausage fingers. But a wedding ring was never stuck on my finger. However, I did wear a butt plug to Bubba Gump company once while I worked in the office for eight hours. Did you know this?
0: No, I didn't know this, (laughs) (laughs) Bonnie.
1: What? And when I worked there, I used to get a free meal for my lunch because I was a manager, so I ordered my jambalaya as I did every day. Uh And then when I came home and took it out, poop exploded all over the floor. (gasps) (laughs) Just like that Strata. (laughs)
0: I I I hate you. (laughs) I hate you so much.
1: Um, Oh, yeah.
0: Did you know the poop explosion was going to happen?
1: So here's the thing. No, I didn't. Everyone says, you know your body, you know your body. I'm 37 years old. I've had a lot of things back there. Mm-hmm. I still don't know my body. So it felt full all day, but that's because there was a butt plug in my sure. butt for eight hours while I was sitting in an office uh-huh. chair. So then when I took it out, I said, oh, that's why it's full.
0: <laughs> a chocolate waterfall. Oh, God. Like Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. <laughs> Everybody keep Augustus Gloop away.
1: Sucked up that pipe. That was
0: the butt plug. (laughs) (laughs) Good
1: heavens. And it was so cute. It was hot pink with a little diamond. Shine
0: bright (laughs) like a diamond. Yeah, if
1: I bent over, you could see it.
0: Oh, that's really cute. My friend is an ER doctor. And so he's like, my work is gunshot wounds and shit up people's butts. My favorite story he told is this man came in. Uh So this guy had just had surgery. So he had been prescribed painkillers, which one of the side effects of painkillers is constipation. So things at first led my friend in a different direction in terms of symptoms, because this guy comes in, he's just had surgery, painkillers, constipation. And he says, doc, I feel like there's a cucumber stuck up my ass. And he's like, oh, you know. That can be a side effect, a Percocet. And the guy says, yeah, doc, it just feels like a big old cucumber up there. And my friend's like, yeah, well, that can happen. I can get you some laxatives. And the guy puts his hand on my friend's knee and says, doc, I've got a big old cucumber up my ass. (laughs) (laughs) I just love that. Like, I love the earnesty of like, I'm going to give you two chances to hopefully guess and not make me say the thing. And then I'm going to have to confirm, doc, I shoved a giant cucumber up my ass. Yeah. So here's my holiday PSA that my friend told me. If it's going to go up your ass, it's got to have a base. Because if it doesn't have a base, up it goes. Yeah. So despite the chaotic morning, Meredith surprises everybody and shows that she does have a heart after all. And she presents the family with framed photos of Sybil pregnant with Amy. And when everybody starts crying, Meredith naturally assumes that she's fucked it up again. But no, she did good. Very sweet. But even a broken clock is right (laughs) twice a day, and Meredith is back to being the worst in no time. She tells Everett she won't marry him, even though he didn't ask, screams at the Stone family for humiliating her and assuming she's a spoiled, crazy, racist bigot bitch from Bedford, even though she is, and (laughs) admits that she slept with Ben, even though she didn't. And all hell breaks loose. While Ben and Everett engage in a good old-fashioned Christmas morning fistfight, Meredith spills the Christmas casserole she's made all over her shirt. A A mess. mess. And I think in this case, Donnie, you might say, come on, brother, it's Christmas.
1: (laughs) Oh, I for sure would. But
0: I want to introduce you really quick to my version of that. There's this random obscure 90s SNL sketch that my brother and I, no matter the season, so this isn't a holiday exclusive, Whenever we're all together as a family, my brother and I to break the tension with each other will quote this dysfunctional family Christmas CD commercial from S N L. Do you know what I'm talking uh, about? Uh,
1: I thought I knew but go so ahead. it's
0: a bunch of like these funny songs or whatever, but there's one in particular where the punchline is Christmas is ruined for everyone. And so whenever <laughs> we're all together and there's like tensions are high, somebody's said something, somebody's pissed about something. My brother and I will just look at each other and go, Christmas is ruined for everyone. <laughs> and I 10 out of 10 recommend. I really suggest this because it really lightens the It mood.
1: seems like it.
0: Okay, so talk about a really clean segue. Back to this shit show of a holiday. I woke up this morning to an even worse sight than casserole all over the kitchen floor. A little backstory. My oldest daughter, if she could just never sleep again, she wouldn't. She wakes up. She tries to wake up every morning at about 4 a.m. And we don't let her leave her room until 5. We're like, what you do in your room is your business. But 5 o'clock is an acceptable start to your day. So from about 5 to 6.30, she has free reign of the house. This has been problematic for us in the past. Donnie, I've shared some tales of her getting into the <laughs> Halloween candy, her most recently opening a couple of Christmas presents. We've got a neurodivergent <laughs> queen on our hands, her impulse control. By golly, we're working on it, but she is a little chaos demon. She is my child, the apple, the tree, etc. This morning, Donnie. And I saved this because I was going to text you. I was so livid, but I was like, nope, this is content. I'm so nervous. You should be. I walked out. Well, first I heard Dr. Bald in the morning go, what the fuck? (gasps) Uh huh. And Dr. Bald is pretty unshakable. Like, we've seen some shit in our day in our house. (laughs) Our girls are terrorizing us just hour by hour. So for him to have that sort of reaction, I was like, what is happening? I walk out, and this bitch has gotten into a very specific folder we have, like, tucked away in a cabinet in the kitchen that has mm, just basically every important document we have. (gasps) I'm talking bills. I'm talking checks. I'm talking vaccination cards. (laughs) Think about, like, whatever junk drawer or, like, shelf you put, like, something comes in the mail, and you're like, oh, that's important. This should go here. It was in this folder. Our girl, a neurodivergent queen, a hilarious little chaos monster, also an artist. She was inspired, shall we say. She took all of these documents and she made a little collage, a little Christmas collage, a little Christmas tree with all of these documents, all of these checks, all of these bills. I believe that some important, like, W-9s, W-2s were (laughs) thrown in there. And she made herself a little Christmas collage. Beautiful, beautifully done, impeccable. She's got a real eye. I wanted, I don't believe in hitting, I wanted to drop kick her into next (laughs) Saturday. And Donnie, do you know what she made out of the little little star at the top of the tree? Can you guess? You can't. It's a tampon. (gasps) A tampon that she got out of my work bag because I guess ruining all of the important documents wasn't enough. She went into my work bag, grabbed a tampon, opened it up, made a little star for the top, a little little cherry on the top of the shit pie that I walked in.
1: Wow. Uh, (laughs) I have nothing to say to that, except I think her knack for using props, (laughs) such as the tampon, is top tier. You may be reminded of the pad on the JonBenét Ramsey Advent Calendar, so I can't blame her for that.
0: We always (laughs) said my youngest was secretly your child, but perhaps you've birthed both both of my daughters.
1: (laughs) Um, I don't need... Truly, I'm speechless. She has, like, scrap paper that she could have... She sought this out, yes? Yes.
0: I am not proud of the way I reacted to the situation. Dr. Becky has taught me that kids are good inside, that no kids are bad. There are good kids having a hard time. And this morning, I was a good parent having a hard time. And I (laughs) sure did go up to her and I said, Well... I think someone's found themselves on the naughty list. (laughs) And she hit the floor, both knees, looked up to the heavens and to the sky like, no! It was like the end of the movie Seven. She had just found Gwyneth Paltrow's head in that box. Her earth was shattered. Things will never be the same. And I said, you got a couple days. Tick tock. Tick tock. (laughs) So TBD, Halloween was almost canceled and now so... Might be
1: Christmas. Except she already unwrapped all the gifts. She doesn't need Christmas.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But only her sister's gifts. And that bitch can read. She's in first grade. And that's a whole other story too. So that's all I have to say for now. But things are tense and Christmas is ruined for everyone. How old is she? She's six.
1: I am not auditioning for Big Brother for 12 years because I don't want to be on if I can't be in a secret alliance with her.
0: <laughs> the secret alliance is revealed. And it's like, how do you two know each other? It's like, well, both of us terrorized my mommy for years. <laughs> yeah. So, you know what they say? Oh, this is a weird segue, given we were just talking about my daughter. So cuties, (laughs) men in black yourselves, we're back into the family stone. You know what they say? Tis the season to be horny. (laughs) Lots of shit happens. Everett and Meredith break up. Meredith jumps into bed with Ben immediately. Brad gives Amy a snow globe. Susanna's Uh husband finally arrives because, you know, something's going on there. Uh And Everett completes the sibling swap by making New Year's plans with Julie. All's well that ends well. And this family just got about 200% more fucked up. (laughs) <laughs> Can you imagine being Meredith and Julie's parents calling to wish their daughters a Merry Christmas and getting the update? No,
1: I couldn't. However, something's up with them as well. Number one, they are parents that raised Meredith. So, sure, certainly something's going on. But th- both of your daughters choose to not be with you. Right. You're an issue. But my issue is this, and I know you're really trying to move on, Brad's gift to Amy. <laughs> 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 I would be fucking pissed if he handed me this. First of all, it's in an unwrapped box. It's a clock radio, unwrapped box with a bow on top. I That is not a gift. Don't give me an unwrapped box. <laughs> then, as I'm about to open it, you say, it's not a clock radio. So so then what is it? Because that means you put whatever it is in a clock radio box. So you're already doing arts and crafts. You could have wrapped So it. <laughs> do
0: you have a problem with the gift or the wrapping? The wrapping. So you'd be fine with a snow globe, but you want it wrapped.
1: Well, this is someone you haven't talked to in a long time. A gift at all is nice. Mm-hmm. And... We have to be serious. This family does seem like snow globe people.
0: Yeah, this is Hallmark adjacent. The sequel is going to be Amy shaking that snow globe and ending up inside somehow, (laughs) where she has to learn to not be a bitch.
1: Oh, God, bless her. She'll be there forever. One time, Pop, not the one that died before the viewing of... Um, Bird Box yeah Bird Box see I do one.
0: listen from time to time
1: <laughs> but it's the same episode oh let yeah. me ask you next week what movie it was Bloop. we won't gone remember gone forever neither will I yeah. Pop when he got me Ugly Betty on DVD he wrapped it with four different kinds of wrapping paper like he would like cut just strands of it and hodgepodge it together and then as I opened it and saw what it was he said get it because it's ugly <laughs> I was like oh okay we're doing we're <laughs> doing we're doing puns
0: that's cute (laughs) it is Yeah. yeah there's no version of that that you can present a snow globe but perhaps just some simple red wrapping paper
1: not everyone can rap i get it and i would rather a poor rap job like if you can't rap that's fine try but if you truly can't and you're embarrassed by your skills and you're insecure about it put it in a bag with some tissue paper he already bought a ribbon chelsea there was a bow on top wherever you got that bow get a bag
0: well actually i was about to say you know he got that bow from another gift but that gift came (gasps) somewhere yeah yeah Mm. i am a terrible rapper which is i think probably par for the course my attention to detail is at Mm. times lacking certainly i've got a vision, much like my daughter. I see the vision and sometimes the details are where maybe <laughs> I make family members want to put me on the naughty list. But the issue with my bad rapping is that my winter job all through college was working at this really hoity-toity like old lady jewelry shop. God. I'm going to name drop it for the Patreon cuties. If you're familiar with <laughs> it is like a place where you're pretentious aunt who's going to comment on your weight would go and shop for baubles, type of thing.
1: What's a bauble?
0: Just like knickknacks that are oh. meant to look expensive okay. but are the same as like a Michael Kors purse, you know? Okay. This was also the place, fun fact, where I was so hungover that I threw up in a shoe box in the back <laughs> workroom. Didn't know if that shoe sold. Certainly <laughs> didn't stick around to find out. But along with vomiting in customers' shoes, <laughs> I was responsible for wrapping. That was my job. So I kept getting hired year after year where I would provide you with really expensive Pandora charms that looked like they had been wrapped by your six-year-old. Well, it
1: must have been semi-decent if you weren't fired for it. No,
0: no. My best friend's mom was the manager of the store. So there was no firing me. Wow. That was the closest to Nepo baby status I've ever had. And it did get to the point where I did eventually get moved to the checkout counter Mm. because one of the old ladies that worked there. Also, I was the youngest person who worked there by 40 years (laughs) And so it got to the point where I was wrapping something and one of the old women, my co-workers came up and was like, oh, honey, here, you go work the checkout. I'll take care of this. And I was like, thank you. God bless. Godspeed. Oh, my God. Yeah. Didn't learn how to rap in four years. And I think that's all you need to know about me.
1: Fair enough.
0: Okay. I can teach myself how to edit, how to put together a podcast, but tell me to rap. and So our movie ends with a time jump. One year in the future, the family has two new babies and one less mother. I know. There's no way to make this funny because it's just so sad. Yeah. But our Hallmark transformation is complete. Our busy businesswoman, Meredith, has not only ditched Everett for his brother, but also has ditched the pencil skirt (laughs) and the bun and has her hair down. Mm. Everybody has a Christmas spirit inside. Yeah.
1: Yeah beautiful. I mean,
0: the end of the movie, just I am sobbing, ugly crying every time.
1: It's so sad.
0: Aren't we glad that we covered this on this (laughs) week's episode? We
1: did a decent job making it not sad. Our old network had no right telling us we couldn't cover the notebook. We would have made it a giggle fest.
0: Well, this is fucked up, and we will see this in person when we do cover the notebook, but the (laughs) the end where the old man is like crying when they're like stabbing (laughs)
1: oh it's (laughs) us it's us yeah that part
0: stabbing the woman with Uh the tranquilizer i don't know what is wrong with me i don't know if it's a trauma or something i i cry laughing every time
1: chelsea when i saw it in movie theaters the entire audience laughed myself (laughs) included and i didn't think it was funny but The whole room was laughing. The girl I saw it with, we say to this day, like, they put laughing gas in that theater.
0: Okay, now I'm wondering if I inception myself and I heard you tell that story and now I think I laugh, but whatever, the laughing gas is contagious because I laugh at that and I laugh at when they're laying on the floor and she's like, are you hungry? What do you want to eat? And he goes, "Mm, pancakes. (laughs) Comedy, comedy gold. So don't tell us what we can cover. (laughs) network who were lovely and wonderful to work with them so i mean why are we talking shit for no reason we're being the family stone i think it's time to move on let's do it final thoughts if we were to bring this movie to present day who would you cast or what would you want a sequel to be it's
1: untouchable in terms of recasting i think Uh anyone that tries should be dragged into the street and shot. Hope you didn't do that. But (laughs) I hate these characters so much. But at the same time, I love them so much Uh that I just want to see more of them. So I would love like how Gilmore Girls did a year in the life for their miniseries. I would love that. Christmas to Christmas. Let's see what they're up to throughout the year. But I would want flashbacks to this time as well. So it could be like how the family gets along now versus when they were fighting with Meredith because I need Diane Keaton
0: oh, in it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. very This Is Us adjacent.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. I like
0: that. I did, I guess, not like a sequel. You know how they came out with Lion King 1.5. Yeah. yeah. I want there to be a sequel where the plot takes place between the main Christmas of the Family Stone and the flash-forward Christmas we see at the end Mm -hmm. because I want to see that shit in the middle. I want to see Sybil's funeral. I want to see everybody on their worst behavior because nobody is at their best at a funeral. I want to see everybody getting used to the idea that these sisters and brothers are all fucking each other. Like, I want to see Amy takes one to no one. I'm accepting. I am her. I want to see the bitchy, funny, snarky shit Amy's saying at that funeral when (laughs) Everett and Julie show up together and Ben and Meredith show up together. Yes,
1: I agree with that. And I think that's what I wanted my flashbacks to be. So we created art together, Chelsea.
0: Beautiful. (laughs) So final, final thoughts. What about this movie aged well and what aged like blockbuster?
1: I think 99% of it aged well. There was one scene in particular that made me say, oh, I don't know about that. And that is when they're talking about what race they would want the adopted baby to be. And Luke Wilson is like, I already have a black baby. Can you dig it? My butthole clenched more than when Meredith said gay people should be killed. <laughs> or whatever yeah, she said. Yeah,
0: I had that one too. I think also, and maybe this is like that weird middle ground where like it, age is bad and also well because it's true to form. But there was a lot of like the family was treating whoever was calling out Meredith's bad behavior as the bad guy. Like, okay, for example, after Meredith gives that terrible dinner scene and they're like, how is she doing? Everett's like, well, how do you think she's doing? Or how would you be doing? And it's like, well, why are we making her the victim in the situation where she's just been awful but again I think there is the beauty of this movie is like there are conversations at the dinner table that go that way and then are reacted to that way I think that this movie absolutely once again nails the complexity of family dynamics I also love the line that Diane Keaton gives of, well, if you stick a silver spoon up a monkey's <laughs> ass, it's bound to say please and thank you. Like big deal, which I love. And I think that that ages perfectly because uh-huh. manners in here, I'm going to get on my soapbox right at the end of this episode. But I feel like manners are oftentimes confused with kindness or like being a good person. And I personally have met plenty of people who know like what, Fork or spoon to use, but not when to shut the fuck up. So I think that just really holds up.
1: Absolutely. And not to take it to a deep place right before we have to leave, but just because someone says this is the spoon you use and then they use it, then they are able to judge other cultures and other communities because they weren't raised that way. But that is just a way for you to gatekeep what is like proper
0: yeah the whole idea of like etiquette school and all of that was oh, a yeah. uh, haves versus have not situation and it's like we're gonna create this whole complex social structure that other people no. will never have access to and therefore if they ever make it to our table they're still gonna be outsiders because they don't know what the fuck to do mm. so stick a silver spoon up a monkey's ass it's bound to <laughs> say please and thank you and that's it that's the end of this yeah, one yeah okay head over to patreon hit subscribe because we have been recording for oh almost two hours <laughs> so lots of footage to come over here cool talk to you later love, love you like, like a sister, sister. Bye.
1: bye
0: thank you for listening to i am the cute one a nostalgia podcast
1: if you liked what you heard be sure to give us a five star rating and subscribe to our show you can follow me at real donnywood on instagram and tiktok
0: and if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Charles on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash I Am The Cute One.
1: And go to I Am The Cute One.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk, Talk to, to, to you later. later. Love, Love you like, like a, a sister. sister.
0: Seeking the truth never gets old.